lights might do a little dance tonight One time for the night time One time for my town Hello and welcome to the wonderful podcast. I am Bart Campolo, the humanist chaplain at the University of Southern California and also the only person you can be guaranteed to find on this podcast anytime you listen to it. But today, the other person you're going to find on this podcast is my close friend, Ashley Bradford. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be on. Yeah. If somebody were going to introduce you, you're... You're the, you know, first violinist in the New York Philharmonic or you're like, you know, an NBA all-star three years running. What would be the way that people would introduce you? Probably NBA all-star three years running. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Except I think other people would go on Google and they would quickly yeah, find yeah. out that wasn't There's, true. Then there is Google. What could, they go, what could they go on Google and find out was true about you? I would say probably entrepreneur would be the, the big or technologist. Oh, I like that. Yes, you you do, and and yet the, it's funny. We were talking about this before we went on the air. Your technology is blowing up so fast that actually it would not be cool for me to like advertise it, would it? Well, I would I would never say that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, could you tell people what it is that you do? Sure. Yeah. yeah no, I'd be happy to. So we're uh, critique it is the uh, name of the technology, and we do. A lot of uh, asset management feedback and reaction in a number of different verticals. So if you have a a, a image, a video, a short story, a script, uh, a legal contract. We allow you to embed audio, video directly into that asset and share it with people and, and turn it into a human experience as opposed to just a written one. That sounds beautiful. Yeah, we're having a good time with it. You, I mean, you are. I mean, you're like, you got... You got some venture capital, and now it's like this could really turn into something really crazy. Yeah, you know, I've been working for six years for this shot, so we're all excited. And you're in the middle of the shot. We're in mid-shot. Okay, so Ashley and I are friends. Um, we're, we're like you're, you and I are working together on this whole kind of secular community building project. Like, let's see whether we can create kind of a spiritual space for people who don't believe in God and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we know each other. And and when I first got to know Ashley, he was doing really well with this technology. He was working in mainly doing forensic stuff with police departments and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Since that time, all this kind of crazy stuff has happened. And now your whole life, is, people buy clothes for you for meetings because you, you, you don't have time to do that right now. And so in the midst of all that weirdness, and like, listen, we could talk about a thousand things, but the reason I asked you on the show this time, mm -hmm. and we can talk about other stuff another time, is because in the midst of all this craziness, like you're an intense dude, you play chess very seriously mm -hmm. at one point in your life. Mm -hmm. And then you're a musician, Mm -hmm. And you're real serious about music and you're like arranging music and writing chorales and things. And you box. Ish. <laughs> you box ish. Yeah. What does that mean? I'm trying. Right. But like when you're trying, like you're not checking out videos on Google, like you join a boxing gym yep. and you're like, I'm trying, I'm learning how to box. I'm sparring with real people. That's right. Okay. So wh whatever you do, you do in this kind of intense way. That's, that would be, if somebody said to me like, describe Ashley I would say mm -hmm. like when he goes he goes hard yeah like yeah we even talked about some you know relationship stuff and and when you when you make a mistake in a relationship it's a huge it's a <laughs> yeah. huge mistake you know what life's too short yeah yeah <laughs> so so in the midst of all this stuff that's going on a few weeks ago mm -hmm. you had this experience with a lobster I did and, and 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 I just want you to like you 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 told me the story once and I I didn't fully get it so I'm I'm coming back to get it this time and like I said with with these podcasts I have a lot of conversations with people in the secular world and just like around stuff that other people don't have the opportunity to have this conversation this was one that not many people have an opportunity to have because not many people know somebody who would go hard with a lobster the way you did <laughs> and so. The way I found out the story was I was like, what would you do this weekend? Mm -hmm. And you were like, had a pretty intense weekend. Where did, where did this weekend start for you? It's a good introduction. Okay. Because, you know, go, kind of going back to an introduction in entrepreneurship, and, and this will tie back into lobsterness in a okay. minute here. Okay, that's cool. 
But I think that um, it's it's easy to kind of muddle and wa- water that term down with just being, um, you know, a um, a capitalist. I'm I'm a Midwesterner from Southern Ohio, and as such, and this has also been an interesting kind of it, this comes to play in my story of of kind of reconciling with my own secularism. Is I'm also something of a people pleaser. And I had a conversation about five years ago when uh, I was starting this business up. And this business was very different for me than the ones in the past. I had, a, I had one prior to this that mm-hmm. was bootstrapped. It was a marketing company, all my own money, you know, very manageable sort of proposition. Any risk I was taking was my own. What's different now is that this risk is other people's. And one of the, pe- one of the conversations I had to have early on is, do you want to be one of those people that people that... Um, you know, is a good collaborator that people like to work with um, because you're friendly and, you know, you, you know, you can foster and facilitate ideas or because you're the guy that they say, well, if we want this to actually become a real thing, we need him on the team and he might stub some toes and he might not. And it's going to be intense, but the thing has a chance of becoming real. And I think there's something to say about intensity and turning ideas and ether into reality that there's birth pains and there's so, birth so is that what you, you went for the you went for plan b like you didn't I, go for like i want them to want me because i'm so likable well i did that's what i did want that's what was comfortable but i realized at the scope of um the change that i would like to be able to make and in, in both the business world technology world and just in people's lives you know one of the things that in our friendship has been you've always been willing to say the hard stuff can't always be likable and say the hard stuff yeah. in that moment. Yeah. You're likable now, but not sometimes in those moments. And so for me, it was a big, it was a big process of kind of overcoming just people pleasingness as my sort of default mode and saying, if I want this to be real, I, I have to want this to be real. Mm-hmm. And whether that is a, um, you know, whether it's a technology idea or a short story idea or a particular chess strategy it needs to be real. And this is kind of part of part and parcel of this ideology is what brought me to my sort of quasi traumatic lobster weekend um, that you just just here asked me about. Okay, because you're trying to make something real, trying to make something real. So the the root of this story is I had just finished reading a collection of essays by a favorite author of mine, David Foster Wallace. And he has a collection called Consider the Lobster. And it's one essay in a collection of essays. And um, what he does is he's, he's writing a piece for Gourmet Magazine in which he's asked and paid by Gourmet Mar- Magazine to attend the Maine Lobster Fair, which I think is one of the largest in the country. And he goes and gets, as per usual, completely sidetracked by the details. And one of the details that he gets stuck on is that in the center of this giant lobster festival is this giant lobster pot. And he starts to say, you know, this is, wouldn't it be odd if we went to a a hamburger festival and there was a giant slaughterhouse in the middle of the festival or a sausage fest and they were slaughtering pigs or et cetera, et cetera. Um, You can kind of see the logic. And so it really got him asking very sort of... So like, this is the only animal in which we're like... Watch us kill it so yeah. you can, before you eat it. Right. And the, the sort of popular um, idiomatic response to that is, oh, well, well it's okay because they don't feel pain. Or they, the way that a lobster's boiled is so, so slow that they don't feel it. You know, they just kind of go gently into that good night. Um, and so he starts kind of asking these questions, not necessarily in the sense to say that, I'm now a lobster advocate and uh, and I'm going to join PETA and et cetera, et cetera. But just are these excuses or is this reality? You know, are we humanely killing these lobsters? And if we are or if we aren't, what is what is the ramification? And it, he gets into the science and it's an interesting essay. I would recommend reading it. But at the end of the day, the the ethic that he lands on isn't you should eat lobster or not eat lobster, but that you shouldn't do either until you consider the lobster. Um, and so I thought, well, I've got a li- I had during this period particularly a little bit more space in my weekends than I was used to. As you mentioned, I was kind of recovering from a, a relationship and 
schedules were more open than I'm used to. And I thought, and you came to the, I mean, I got the impression you came to the end of the week and you were like, what do I do with this weekend? What do I do with this weekend? Just finish this book. So I don't have a book to read. I've got some time on my hands. And, um, I had with a few friends previously gone down to San. So I live in long beach, um, to the San Pedro lobster. Um, there's a, they have a, what would you call it? Like a fish market, a fish market. Yeah. And they've got crab cages and clams and lobsters. Okay. So I thought, okay, well, um, you know, maybe, maybe what I should do. So I've read this and I kind of, uh, you know, I, I believe David, David's point was that no, they certainly can feel pain and they're responsive. And this is actually really a cruel thing that we're doing to them. But I, I realized that I had never really even like I, the only lobster I'd had was probably in a lobster roll. I mean, it was so processed that it didn't look like the thing. And, you know, I'm a meat eater. I eat cows and I eat pigs and I eat chicken and I'm growing up in Ohio. I've actually, you know, my grandmother and grandfather, when I was growing up, they killed chickens. So there was some, like, I understand the process of killing, you know, defeathering. Right. You're not squeamish about this stuff in theory. In theory. Yeah. Not at all. And so I thought, okay, well, you know what I should do instead of just saying, yeah, we're torturing lobster and therefore we shouldn't eat them. I should, I should get a lobster. And whether whatever I end up doing with it, I should consider it. And um, this was kind of how my how my weekend began with the drive down to San Pedro to the fish market, up to the lobster cage. And this is Friday night. Friday night. Okay. And uh, said, you know, I'd I'd like to buy a lobster. Um, so uh, so you know he, he pulls the lobster, this in giant insect looking thing. Um, that I really hadn't seen up close, certainly alive, out of the water and weighed it and, you know, I said, okay, would, would you like us to, to kill it here for you, to boil it here? And I said, no, I, you know, I need to take it home. And he said, well, you know, it's probably, it probably has about 30 minutes out of the water, you know, and, and we would really recommend you boiling it alive because, you know, it can, there, there, and again, I don't know if this is superstition or what, but there's something about, well, you know, lo- lobsters, there's, they release some chemical, that kind of taints the taste if you let them die before you i mean there are animals i mean i've heard that about other animals too yeah which is kind of a creepy thing because what like what a lot of times what they're saying is like if it's scared or if it's upset it won't taste as good yeah 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 so they're like so you know you need to make sure that you're you know you have 30 minutes so you take the lobster from them you like you've got 30 minutes to throw this thing in a pot yeah okay and i turns out i live just about 30 minutes from the from the place. Okay. So, um, like, okay, fair enough. I'll consider the lobster on my drive home, probably throw it in a pot and, um, you know, have a lobster dinner. It's not a bad way to start the weekend. Wait, can, can I ask you a question? Like, <laughs> sure. So when you go into the lobster thing, like how much does a lobster cost? Well, there, you know, it's about $40 for the, these are main lobsters. So this, this is another sort of problem. So, you know, you have your California lobster and you have your main lobster and, um, are, they, are they like different? Yeah, the California lobster is a spiny lobster. It's it, it looks a bit different. The claws aren't as pronounced. The could you have chosen different. either one? I could have. Why did you choose the main lobster? Well, because I just that was David Foster Wallace's heard, lobster. Yes, gotcha. yeah. So okay. I just thought, you know, let's. I don't want I don't want the nuance of species getting in the way here. If we're talking about these particular lobster, these are the most most consumed types of lobster if you go to a typical you know red lobster that's what you're eating okay that's the lobster that i wanted to have so you 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 bought a a 40 dollar lobster i did and i thought well you know it's like on maybe on another friday night i might have been out on a date going to a nice restaurant for dinner i can i can buy a 40 dollar lobster and yeah i mean you're an entrepreneur i mean yeah you can handle this i can do this right right yeah. So, okay, so you buy the lobster. So I buy the lobster. And you're on the way home. Yeah, they put it in the bag. They say, you know, it's, uh, they, they put, uh, just in case anybody wants to, to recreate this experiment, if you, uh, if you tell them that, that the trip home might take a little longer, they'll, they'll, put, they'll get a, a napkin or a cloth and they'll dip it in the salt water. And as long as the lobster can keep their little uh, front mandible things wet, they can continue surviving a little okay. bit longer. So anyway, so I had them do that. So buying all the time that I could buy. Um, so, uh, about 30 minutes, I'm getting close to home, but still not home. 
And um, meanwhile, I have the lobster in the passenger seat, and he's he's. This is not a um, subdued lobster. This is a lobster that's he's moving. He's moving around. He's realizing he's in trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you sense distress? I, I yes. I sense the outward <laughs> okay. signs right. of distress. Right. So you have a distressed lobster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I live about uh, two blocks from the beach, and uh, you know, two blocks from the Pacific Ocean. This is, again, just an underscore, an Atlantic lobster. Um, but um, I realize I, I'm, I'm already, I mean, I haven't even, I, it's just in a bag in my seat, but it's a moving bag. And I'm going to need some a little bit more time, at least, to consider said lobster. And so I, I got home quickly, um, got a bucket, which is the same bucket I'd use to, to wash my car. Mm-hmm. And I went out um, to, to the, you know, the shallows. Of the ocean and scooped scooped up some water, got some sand in there, took the lobster out of the bag, um, tossed him in the bucket and let him recover a little bit because he was drying up. Um, and what I realized when I saw this little lobster in this little bucket is as I would walk by the bucket, even my shadows would create a reaction. So, you know, he'd kind of back up in the corner and, you know. Seriously? Yeah. He would flinch at the shadow. Um and I started realizing, like, geez, this, he's pretty constrained in there. I mean, again, this was a pretty big lobster. I, I got a big one. Uh, and this is, a you know, your typical run-of-the-mill pail. So there's not a lot of space for lobster in there. Um, and so, you know, part of this it wasn't just to have a lobster dinner. It was to consider the lobster and then have the lobster dinner. Right. Um, and um, what ended up happening is so I have now lobster and pail and realized very quickly that, um, like, because I haven't had the experience of observing a lot of lobster, I wanted to be able to observe it a little bit. And so in order to do that, I needed a larger lobster holder. Okay. And the the closest thing that I could think of was, well, wait, don't they, a lot of the, the grocery stores around me have these um, styrofoam, go, take it to the beach. Coolers. Coolers. Okay. That, well, that's at least a little bit more room. And there's one on the way to the beach. So I've got the lobster out. What I wanted to do was to kind of put them on my floor and watch them crawl around a little bit. And that would be kind of funny. You know, I was thinking about Annie Hall. There was a scene. But th- my lobster wasn't doing that because I think he was scared and he was a little bit freaked out and tired. So, so this wait, is you what, put him on the floor and he just sort of he sat just, there? Yeah, it was yeah. just kind of drying out. So this is when I realized, like, I need to revive this lobster a little bit because I'm not really considering him in his uh, – formal state to get a little bit platonic i mean he's this is like a shell of a lobster this is not what a lobster i think is so you know i go so now i've got the lobster and the pail on my kitchen floor um go out um grab styrofoam cooler and uh, go back out to said beach fill cooler up with water which was a strange there were some um you know i was aware that i was being watched perhaps passively but it's a it's something i never thought i'd be doing um, brought that back to my house. Sloshing water. Sloshing water. Yeah, and the ca- the water in the car, water in the like, water everywhere, water on me, um, and and then transferred the Can lobster. Can I point out this is a new car? Yeah, it's a new car. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't thrilled about that, but you know, when you have a cooler full of water, that's, uh, that's gonna... oh by the way, it was you know I, I didn't splurge on the cooler by any stretch, so it had one of those sort of dinky plugs and it's styrofoam. So oh, it's not yeah. even a completely uh, um, continent, yeah. you know, cooler. These aren't meant to be tanks, I find out. Um, so I get that back into the kitchen and uh, transport lobster from small bucket to larger uh, aquarium. Let's just call it an aquarium. And, um, call it a cooler, uh, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Potato, potato. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he doesn't really perk up that much. And I'm suddenly realized that one, I may have a dying lobster on my hand, and I don't know what I want to do with it yet. And two, I may never really get to consider this lobster. Um, and so um, I start to look into it a little bit, and this is when it re- when I realize there are a couple key differences in the water that I have and the water that the lobster comes from. Wait, how, like what you're googling lobster at uh, this point? I'm googling. I, I haven't gone that far yet, right? Well, I actually ha- I, I haven't. What I've Googled at this point is um, the the differences in the uh, California spiny lobster uh-huh. environment versus the Atlantic main like, lobster. Main lobster. Right. And I realize there's a significant difference in the depth that they live and the, um, uh, the temperature 
of the water that they live in. Okay. So um, this was not helped by the fact that the lobster, the water I was pulling from was very, you know, this is also Long Beach. So it's behind the break wall um, and it's shallow. It's the shallows. So I realized very quickly that my water wasn't even nearly cold enough to uh, support, you know, this lobster. Um, Can I just interrupt you for a moment? Sure. So you're calling it lobster. Like, at some point, did you did you not think like I should name this guy like Red or you know Billy the Lobster? Well, I you know I th- or did David Foster Wallace say like don't just let it be a lobster? Well, if I'm being a literalist, he's uh, he doesn't he doesn't he's, he you know he's he's talking about considering the lobster. Right. So as uh, we were talking earlier about the power of individuals, um, see, I think what I did, I think I miss, I think I misread the assignment because I'm at this point considering a lobster. Um, which is making all the difference. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up, um, no, that's, that's, I mean, that's kind of deep there. Yeah. I there mean, is a difference between considering the lobster in a tank of a hundred other lobsters. Yeah. The plight of lobster and this, this one lobster in your cooler. Yeah. Which, but, and so your his environment isn't good. It's not good. And so what do you do? So I need to cool down the water. So I put the water in the refrigerator with the lobster in it hoping that um and then also you know i shut the refrigerator so it gets darker so i think that's probably also more you know calming for him now at this point the kind of the ethics of what i'm doing is i'm really trying to get this lobster to act more like a lobster so i can consider it and then eat it so there's kind of a lot going on at play here as the lobster is in my refrigerator but i start at this point really um googling things because i'm also i think i i don't know if i mentioned it but i'm a midwesterner yeah. And so there are there is a cardinal sin in Ohio, in Southern Ohio, particularly to be very specific, in my family in Southern Ohio, and that is wasting food. And so I have both a experiment, an ethical experiment on my hands, as well as dinner. Um, and um, I'm seeing that I have this lobster that is very quickly, you know, becoming, deteriorating. Yes. And and if and if he dies. Then, like he's spoiled. Yeah, I've I've both wasted a meal and done nothing better than let's say let's say that at the end of the day I decide that it's unethical to kill these lobsters. Well, I've done it anyway, and I haven't eaten them, and I've I've, I've wasted forty dollars and my most of my Friday night at this point. Um, so I'm starting to feel in something of the horn between between the horns of a dilemma here as this is developing. And, um, and so I just, I, I put them in the refrigerator, uh, in the water and I shut the door and I just kind of, what else could be going wrong here? Um, and so I start to realize there's a few, there are several other things. One is which, you know, if you look at the lobster bins and grocery stores, it's constantly re oxidizing the water, you know, they're putting oxygen back into it. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, because if you let that water sit too long, they're slowly will suffocate, you know, they're breathing the water, the oxygen right out of it. Um, the other thing is is that you know there was no food, no food sources um, for the lobster, so I also didn't know maybe if that had something to do with it. So I left I left him in. I had a uh, I also brew beer, and I had one of the uh, the beer thermometers, um, so I could kind of see you know you need to keep the wort at the right temperature mm-hmm. so that the yeast colonies do their metabolize blah 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 at the right pace, et cetera, et cetera. Well, anyway, so I used this to kind of get a gauge of. Like, you know, what is the average temperature of water that a wild main okay. lobster would live in? And, and my water is far, still at this point. It's still far, too warm. It's still too warm. Okay. Um, so this at this point, I start, you know, and, you know putting ice in the, in the chest. And really, I need to cool considerably down this water. Um, I'm also realizing that I'm not going to be eating this lobster anytime soon. So I order a pizza. Um, the pizza arrives and it's a, you know, sausage pizza. So I've got now a pig on my pizza and I've got this lobster that I'm afraid to touch in my refrigerator. Um, and I ended up taking some of the sausage off because it, you know, lobsters will eat just about anything. It turns out they're scavengers. Um, so put that in the cage and he actually responded to the sausage. So you can feed a lobster some sausage. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He you, like, crawled right over and, and, and you saw the, like, like yeah, later, the, 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 the there was some sausage gone. I couldn't see. I couldn't see that there was sausage gone, but I could see him moving over and dealing with and the dealing lot. with dealing with the sausage. Yeah, a, he was a, he was considering the sausage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So um, 
So you're eating pizza. So I'm eating pizza, and I'm really starting to feel like after going to all this work to keep the lobster alive, to consider the lobster, that I'm really going to have trouble killing and eating the lobster. Um, because you're invested in the lobster? I think so. Um, you know, I think kind of to an, to the earlier point, I think it's become a, a lobster. It's also become something that's kind of been occupying my Friday night. So, you know, on a very realistic level, if it's not that late at this point, it might be 9, 9.30, you know, I've got some time left. You know, I need to, I, uh, uh, I either need to, um, you know, kind of complete this sort of um, ethical academic investigation, or I need to get on with it and have myself a nice lobster dinner, um, which I think, by the way, I'm also not necessarily looking forward to doing. Um, you know, it seems like a, a, a meal better shared than kind of uh, having as kind of, at this point, a very late dinner on a Friday night after already eating pizza. So I'd be kind of just guilt eating the lobster anyway at this point. So there's not a lot of good outs for me. Um, I decide eventually, you know, the, the ice bath and the, the fridge get the water temperature cooler, which to my surprise really did enliven the lobster, um, which is a, another. Even though he's not aerated. Even though he's not aerated, which is an interesting point um, because one of the arguments against or kind of for boiling lobsters is that they don't really have a great deal of sensitivity to um, temperature. To temperature. Um, but if you look at them in nature, you know, they are, they uh, travel at very specific depths and they migrate based on the water temperature. And I'm seeing in my refrigerator right before my eyes, this, this lobster over the course of 30, maybe 40 minutes, um, you know, it's changing a great deal based on the temperature of the water. So I have the chance to kind of get them out and let them crawl around my floor a little. Um, now at this point I still have the bands on its claws and, and kind of at another level of personification, I'm just saying, well, this lobster's you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep him alive, frankly. And so I've got a ticking clock to figure out what to do with him. And if the thing I do decide to do with him is kill him and boil him, then it, it might be at least nice for him to have the experience after going through all this trauma. Freedom. A freedom. So uh, cut the bands, you know, which kind of opens up its claws. And there again, I saw yet another personality adjustment. Once, I think once he, once he, got, he became snappy... I think there was kind of another breath of, hey, I got I got my claws back. And it was odd. Yeah, can you really consider a lobster whose claws are Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, what is what is what's the essence of being a lobster? Yeah. You gotta be able to pinch stuff. Yeah. So at this point, now it's probably another thirty minutes down, and I happily have a live lobster that has some movement, has some spirit. Um, without, you know, free claws clomping around my floor. So I'm able to sit there a little bit and consider them. And I've come to a pretty clear conclusion that I am not myself personally going to be able to boil this lobster. Some of the other things that um, are brought up in the, um, are, in the essay is kind of how, you know, um, how, you know, when, you're, when you throw a lobster in the pot, and I still, to my, this day... I don't know, but that they, they clamor and claw trying to get out. Um, there's also the kind of myth of, uh, well, I guess it's not I thought a they myth, screamed. But, well, they, that, they, yes. Now this, this is largely, I think, agreed on, yeah, that this is steam releasing from their, from their shell. Oh. But um, one of the reasons, one of the things to avoid this because it's so disconcerting is they'll often, you know, stab, a, stab it right between the eyes with a knife and it opens up a, a place for, cause, because they have water underneath their shell when that starts boiling it turns into steam sounds like a scream but if if they're they have a hole in their head then it's not going to whistle you know it'll go silently out um one of the other arguments is though but see now look we've chopped we've basically chopped their heads off they can't feel pain um one of the interesting things about a lobster is they don't have a central they don't have a brain um they don't have a, a cortex per se but they have these certain these nerve clusters in seven different parts of their body and so as far as scientists can tell, um, stabbing a lobster through one of them doesn't really do much except for, you know, take out the, the sensory organs on their head, you know, essentially their eyes and their mouth. Um, but, but it's, it's not, it's stopping them from, you know, quote, so they could be feeling screaming. pain in seven other places. Yeah. Six, six other point. places. Yeah. 
And now, are you getting this from the David Foster Wallace? Or are you getting this off the internet? Like- well, I'm starting to try to cooperate because this is becoming more and more disturbing as as I'm realizing that, um, like, like the I started at this point also looking at well, okay, how long could I like? How long do I have to consider the law? I wasn't expecting there to be a, this to be a time bomb. I was kind of expecting this to be like okay, I can consider. You thought you'd it. like like look at the lobster long for you know a good good few seconds yeah. and then plop it in the pot. Plop in the pot. And if it turned out that I needed to consider the lobster for two or three days, well, I could do this as well. But I'm quickly realizing that it is not easy to keep an Atlantic lobster alive in an apartment in Long Beach, California. Nor are the prospects of, you know, returning the lobster to the store very positive. I had thought about, um, okay, I can't boil it. I can't waste this food. Stabbing it through the head isn't going to work. Um, but I do have some friends that would probably love to have lobster. It might be late. But, you know, I'm the eccentric friend, so I can call them and say, hey, do you want a lobster dinner tonight? I've got a lobster. But then I started asking the question of agency. Like, I'm kind of, you know, I'm turning the lobster over to the Gestapo at this point. Like, is this any different than me? Just why don't I just plop them and boil them myself? And, you know, is it a little bit strange that I could very easily, oh, I'll just call a friend to come and collect the lobster um, as opposed to just, isn't it more noble even perhaps for me to just say this lobster is probably slowly suffocating right now and doing its best to digest this pork, but probably not having, you know, great success at it clearly is hungry. Um, like I don't have much time to figure this out. I feel like I can't call someone because it's the same as me boiling it. I'm having just a difficult time from an empathy perspective, boiling the water and throwing the lobster in. And I'm quickly realizing I cannot keep him alive in captivity for very long. Okay, so like, I mean, you, you I, I mean, at some point you realize, like, I'm a freak. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I don't mean that in a, in a, neg- in a mean way, but like, do you go, like, nobody else, like, at this point, like, even if I was this frustrated, I'd be like, I'll throw the lobster away, or I'll call a friend just to get the lobster out of my sight, or I'll just, I'll eat it and make lobster roll tomorrow if I'm, because I'm full of pizza, but like, I'm not. Do you think I would have been as invested? Like, do you think like a good moral human being, having watched the lobster struggle on the on the car seat on the way home, do you think like anyone would have been sucked in by this? Or are you like, I am oddly sucked in? I don't know. I mean, you know, one of the things I think we'd we'd, we'd people do attach. People attach. You know, I've I uh, I mean, I've never been one, like I don't name my car. I don't name my. You know, things that people tend to name, these sorts of inanimate things. I don't, um, you know, I grew up around animals that were killed and eaten. Um, I consider myself, like, kind of pretty okay with all of that. Yeah. So I was I was surprised, to say the least. Okay. Um, though I didn't feel... So what I ended up doing at this point is was- I, uh, I thought, okay, you know, um, looking back to... Um, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? I'm going to use a lifeline. You know, I'm going to call home. I'm going to start kind of getting some friends' opinions on this. And um, so I kind of texted some of the guys, uh, and I said, "Okay, some of the guys you work with." Um, yeah, 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 from different, very different substrata here. Okay. And I just said, "I've got, I've got a lobster, and uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what to do. And I'd like for you to vote. Do I eat it, or?" Do I try to keep it alive? Do I try to give it back? And then I even ventured the idea, do I try to return, set it free? And so I sent this idea out you know, to the world, to the ether. But I asked about 12 guys about it. I'm kind of hurt that I wasn't included in this, in this, in this ask. <laughs> I should asterisk that. These were guys we read, considered the lobster through a book group I've been involved okay, in. Okay, okay, all right. So. For the last, um, so I picked guys that have read and they the had essay. Some, so they had some emotional investment in lobster. Yeah. So I said, remember, consider the lobster. Yeah. I am currently doing this and I'm finding myself in not a good place. Paralyzed. Yeah. yeah, and the thing's dying and I've got a ticking clock. Gotcha. So I've got the lobster, I've considered it. I don't think I can cook it, but... Maybe I should let, tell me what to do. So I, so it, it was odd that my, like thinking of myself as, you know, again, going back to the beginning of, of our conversation, like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur back against the wall. I start saying, Hey guys, like Wait, help me, give me some moral direction. Cause I'm, I'm arrested at this point. 
And I was really shocked that nobody would. I was not getting like they, I was getting like, well, we can't tell you what to do with it. And I couldn't tell if this, if they were in their head, realized that I was at this point pacing back and forth at probably 1030 now PM in my apartment with, you know, the lobster struggling to figure out what to do. And it would be funny for them not to give me any direction. Or if in fact they're like, well, I don't know. Cause some of the guys after reading that book, um, said, you know, I, I'm definitely going to think twice before ordering another lobster. Like it, it definitely had some impact on some people. Other people are like, this is liberal bullshit and I'm going to keep eating lobsters and, and actually going to eat more lobsters because that thing's so ugly in person. I've never seen one. And, um, you know, after like this just kind of spawned this lobster research in all of us. Um, I was the only one to then go and, you know, acquire said lobster. But, I, you know, I think it, it did it did what it was supposed to do. I think as any good writing is supposed to do just get, get back to the lobster <laughs> okay. so, so, so so these guys will not give you any input yes yeah, so nobody's no telling nobody's saying like kill it eat it yeah set it free do something yeah so it's 10 30 so it's 10 30 you got nothing i've got nothing so what do you do so i real so i i think okay well what i will do is i'm just gonna the only option is i gotta let this thing free i've gotta i've gotta free the lobster unfortunately you live but two blocks from the beach fortunately i thought because um i did a little bit of research again because i don't just want again if i feel like if i just go and i plop the lobster in the water you must consider freeing the lobster i must consider freeing the lobster and uh if i free the lobster in a way that's not that there's no reasonable chance of success then what i'm actually doing is throwing away food which takes me back to my cardinal sin as a midwesterner so I realized that there are some serious problems. The reason the lobsters live out off of Maine for some very specific reasons. And one of them is water temperature. Um, the other is terrain. Like lobsters need to live in, and have things to protect them from other larger predators. Um, and um, there actually had been, I realized, um, not so long ago in um, uh, North San Diego County, um, so we're kind of talking near, uh, just south of Dana Point. Um, an effort to raise Atlantic lobster in California so that they could have higher profit margins because they weren't having to ship them all the way around from Maine. So they could sell so they're them. like in a farm, like, they're like a little farm. fish farm, but yeah. a lobster farm? For Atlantic lobster. They do that for, with California lobsters, of Oh, course. really? Okay. I didn't know that. But um, not they, – they're, they're they kind of been – Yeah, it seemed – I thought, what about the water temperature? Exactly. Yeah, and the the water temperature, we do have cold enough water here. The problem is at the depth that the water gets that cold, there's no natural protection. Our our uh, The floor of our ocean gets very sandy and flat, and the lobsters are basically sitting ducks. Okay. Um, or sitting lobsters. I was just going to say. <laughs> I mean, why use a metaphor? Yeah. Well, because metaphors are helpful when you've known a lobster. <laughs> <laughs> So, so when they were farming them, what did they like build little protectors for them down there? Yeah. So what they ended up doing the same way that people build jetties or walls, break walls, break, you know, for, um, all sorts of different reasons. Um, they built, uh, jetties out into a depth where they could live naturally. So they wouldn't have to artificially keep the water cold enough, but yet give the lobster an environment where it could live, um, and, and find natural protections. Um, the problem is that this this didn't work. While they were able to keep some Atlantic lobster alive, they were never able to get them producing at the rate and their survi- their survivability rate high. You mean enough. like reproducing? Like they weren't they weren't making little lobsters? Yeah, they were making some, but not enough that you could sell take to the market and overcome the fact. Because really, this is a numbers game, right? right? This is all about that bottom line and how much does it cost to ship a lobster over here? How much of your margin does that eat away? Yeah. And if you're only having to drive it up the four or five, then you maybe you. Maybe you can make a little bit more money, um, but they just couldn't get it to work. Um, but it did make me realize that in the appropriate environment, Atlantic lobsters can live in the Pacific Ocean. And there's a place. And there's a place where they have. Down in Dana Point. Yeah. Which is how far from your house? This is maybe two and a half hours-ish. So it's 1030 at night. 1030 at night. And so I decide... And, you know, perhaps this was wishful thinking, but I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, because that's going to put me five hours in the car round trip. 
I don't even know if the lobster's going to make it. He's been crawling around uh, on my floor. <laughs> the ice bath seemed to really help. I'm going to sprinkle some more sausage in his aquarium. And I'm going to put him in there. And I'm going to put him in the refrigerator. You know, and try to sleep through the night and hope I don't wake up having committed the cardinal sin, suffocated a lobster to death, which is a far worse way of dying probably than if I would have just boiled them in the first place. Um, so I, I do, I throw them in there, um, have myself a little bit of scotch. I may have had some prior to this, maybe not. Um, and call it a night with the intention of waking up very early. Are you deeply agitated? Like, did, did you, did you have a sleepless night? Did you I, dream I, of lobster? I don't know that I dreamt of them, but I certainly had a few starts where I woke up and I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's alive in there. Cause it's living thing. Cause it's living. And it's on your head like it's on your watch it's on my watch and any other i mean you know if this lobster just suffocates in my refrigerator this is the worst of all possible scenarios because i have both wasted food taken food from someone else i mean far better to say oh he's dying let's grill him up and eat. maybe let's say that i can't eat him there's plenty i mean again i walk around the block at my my street i could find someone that would love a free lobster meal right somebody on the street if not somebody that's a friend that i could call up i mean it's lobster. It's good. It's a good lobster. So yeah, I was really concerned about this and it was kind of haunting me that this, um, yeah, that, that, that kind of looking, you know, sitting in my apartment by myself with a crummy Domino's pizza and a lobster clickering around on the floor, realizing that I'm being asked to make a decision by myself that I can't make for whatever reason. Um, and that, that by waiting and doing nothing in action in this moment is also a decision and actually the worst decision that I need an action plan. And so, yeah, it was like, these so you, were the thoughts that were going around and around. So you wake up the next morning. So I wake up the next morning, bright and early. And our lobster is alive. I or dead. open the refrigerator. Dun, 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 dun. And he's alive. He made it through the night. He made it through the night. My lobster that was supposed to live 30 minutes outside of the uh, aerated water is still... He's a fighter. He's a fighter. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? He's earned it. He's earned a shot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive him down. I'm going to free him. Because he may last... Let's say that, let's say that he, um, you know, he lasts only two days. You know, at least those were kind of his two days to try to win it back. Um and I just frankly felt like I just didn't want him to die between getting him out of the refrigerator and getting him down to the beach. Like this again is the worst case scenario. Like I either need to man up and boil him or get there. But I mean, at this point, you're not boiling. I am not We already know this. We know this. But, um, so yeah. So again, I get this stupid, leaky, cheap beer to the beach styrofoam. With the lobster in it, put in my car again, still leaking just as profusely as before, and on a much longer drive, um, you know, I, I uh, I'm, I'm leaking all over the the seats, and so I have to get t-shirts out of the back of the trunk because I kind of always have a change of clothes with me, and I'm padding this, and it's getting all over everything, and my, you know, lobster. This is lobster water with decaying sausage from Domino's Pizza, and I mean, it's just not pretty. So we're driving down, and we drive and drive. And, um, you drive two and a half hours. Yeah. And finally arrive at, uh, near the, the, this facility where, where lobster, Atlantic lobsters have been known to, to be survivable. And so what it looks like is a lot like a, um, uh, uh, jetty rocks that go out to the appropriate depth. And then, and then the plan, original plan was that these lobster would kind of live in the rocks at, mm -hmm. the, at that right depth. So what, what ends up happening is now I, I have the, the cooler and I feel okay having a cooler. It's the beach, but there's a, I know there's a father with two little girls that are playing out on the sand and, you know, I feel a little bit strange. I kick my sandals off and I'm walking up, um, across the sand and, um, you know, I'm just kind of imagining, well, what is it going to look like for, for somebody to be pulling a lobster out of a cooler and actually depositing it back in the ocean? But I've certainly at this point have come too far not to do this. So I pull. So so I bring the the. Um, Wait, like, like you're worried about like you're going to be embarrassed in front of yeah, these strangers. Yeah, yeah. I was like trying to find because 
I was trying to find a space where nobody would see me doing this. Because it just seems ridiculous. Because this is a lobster. This is a nice meal. And it's clearly... I mean, it didn't come from our ocean. You know, it's this is not home for the lobster. I mean, it's just like it's... I feel like a five-year-old. You, you, you've realized this, is, this, this whole experience has gone to an absurd length. Yeah. And I mean, you just don't want anyone to see it. Yeah. I mean, God forbid anybody see the Long Beach license plate on my car. <laughs> I mean, it's just like... I would hate for someone to piece that that bit of the puzzle together. And so it's like, yeah, I, I, it's, it's a, it's a strange thing to be doing. And it's also, there's something about going back again to this idea of entrepreneurship and like being able to execute an idea to penetrate a market. Like I bought a lobster and could not boil it. And now I'm two and a half hours from home throwing it back in the water. Like there's just nothing entrepreneurial about that picture. So this is the on an existential level, I'm not happy with what's going on here. I mean, I didn't sleep well. It's just not, you know, it's not good. So, but, you know, there's the free willy. There's the, you know, I deep, you know, as long as no one's watching, I'm boiling up with pride at my heroism. So I walk uh I walk to the end of Jetty and um pull lobster out of uh the styrofoam container. And uh, what I'm expecting to see happen is I'm going to drop them in the water and I have this this beautiful image of the lobster, just like a shrimp or like a crawdad in the creeks of Ohio. Just you lift the rock up and gone. Do, do, you, have, do you have him looking over his shoulder, like giving you one last look <laughs> yeah, before he swims yeah. away? Yeah. <laughs> like, a little twinkle last. in his eye. Or whatever, you know, free willy like, I love you. Yeah. 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 Or he could go, but he, yeah, exactly. I'm, wa- I'm waiting to get, to, you know, right. to get mine back. So I, I uh, drop him in, and I'm expecting the dart away, but what ends up happening is a wave comes in, which I realize is another pretty major difference between our ocean and the Atlantic. So we've got a lot of pretty major waves that we're contending with, uh, especially you know while you're still close to the Because it's the a sandy beach. It's a sandy that. beach, yeah. yeah. And so as soon as I drop him in, he doesn't, he just kind of, you know, as though in shock, which I'm probably sure is, he is, being, again, sensitive to t- changes in temperature. He's been in a cooler for the last two and a half hours in my car. Um, kind of doesn't do much. And a wave comes. And I see the lobster taken all the way back to the beach, to the sandy beach. Not on the end of the jetty where I dropped him off. Because this wave just... So he's doomed in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't see him go all the way back at first. I just see him kind of gone. And so I'm just like, did I just drive two and a half hours to throw away my $40 dinner from last night? Is this really what happened? Like, where is my, where is, like, I want him to Where's kind of the emotional jump out and do a little flip right. and, you know. So I'm just like, and then I realized that the father and the two little girls are still back there playing on the beach. And I start thinking, well, what would they think if it, you know, see a, an Atlantic lobster wash up, like, you know, and claw around and they see me at the end of the jetty. Oh, I'm, I'm the, sure the girls would have gone like, that's an Atlantic lobster, dad. <laughs> <laughs> this is odd. Yeah, this is, uh, this is an, a strange migratory pattern we're observing. I so, can't, I just can't believe you. I mean, honestly, yeah. the weirdest part of the story to me is that you're worried about what these, what this father yeah, and two I kids know, saying. Yeah, I know, it's true. Well, I mean, this whole process has been relatively undercover. You know, like the last, the last time I was seen publicly with the lobster, I was like doing the socially appropriate thing of being about to eat him. Yeah. Um, but now, th- now this has just become uh, absurd um, to some degree. So I, I walk back down the jetty, and um, I just. I have the cooler there and I just sit and watch for some sign that the lobster is not just completely gone. And probably three or four minutes later, I see a dark spot and it gets closer and closer. And I'm like, Oh, my free willy moment. Like he's coming back to say goodbye. But I realize he's coming back on his back and he's just completely, he's still alive, maybe flopping around and he washes all the way up to the beach and the sand leaves him just kind of snapping. Oh, so he's still alive. Riding. He's still alive. He's writhing, he's snapping, but he's not thriving. There is no thriving in this picture. So I go over and, um, you know, again, I pick, him, pick up. him up, put him back in the cooler, take him back out, this time in the cooler, not to the jetty, but I just try to, um, you know, dump him in to light, let him get his sea legs, you know, to see if he can kind of swim out on his own. I figure maybe he could, I don't know, find his own way. And so he does. That worked a little bit better. The waves weren't as strong there. And, 
Um, you know, we got past the break and just kind of let him go. And I did see him kind of moving around a little bit, but it was very unclear if he was swimming away or if the current was taking him away. And I kind of stood there with my jeans rolled up past my knees and the cooler in one arm and um, watching this little brown speck kind of slowly go further and further into Out the to distance. Sea. And that's it. He disappeared. And then he disappeared. And when he was gone, did you feel relieved? <laughs> I mean, I'm relieved. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, this is an ordeal. Here. This is, this was an ordeal. And so like, did you feel relieved or did you feel defeated? Uh, I felt, I mean, I shouldn't just give you two choices. Like, yeah. I mean, felt I, elated. I think I felt disappointed because I really did want to see, not that I, not that I wanted him to high five me or anything, but I did want to see like this surge of new life and him darting out. And I wanted to see, we were talking about what is essentially lobster and scuttling around on a hardwood floor and trying to fit in a small washer car pail. Like none of that, you know, with your claws banded, like that's not lobster. And so I was thinking, this is my, like, my last parting with this guy, who I've now spent an entire night, and what, by the time I get home, will be, you know, all the way up till another half day, um, that at least I'll get to see, like, I will get to see lobster. I'll get to see this guy that I've basically been watching slowly die, turn into a lobster, grow, grow wings, and fly away. Yeah. So I was disappointed I didn't get to see that. And then I had the problem of having to drive two and a half hours back with the kind of just general disappointment, thinking, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, what, what did just happen? Because, you know, the weird thing too, I mean, there's a few things. Like one of the things is like, you say, well, it's not really a lobster when it's banded up on my floor. Mm -hmm. It's not really a lobster when it's in the bucket. It's not really. And I go, like, I'm married for 27 years. Is my wife, my is my wife really the essence of herself? She's been stuck with me for 27 years. Mm -hmm. Like, I've shaped her. Is a guy in prison really a guy? And you go, like, no, of course not. That's not what how humans were meant to live. And you go, like, how were they? Is a guy on a bicycle a human? Are any of us the essence of who we are or are we all shaped by the stuff that happens to us? So like Viktor Frankl gets captured and, and put in a concentration camp. Now one might say, well, he wasn't himself in that camp. But like when you read Man's Search for Meaning, you go like, actually Viktor Frankl achieved his most human, his greatest humanity in an absurd situation that shouldn't have existed. Mm -hmm. So you go like, I don't know. Maybe the lobster in the cooler for that lobster. Who's to say? Right. No, this is a good, I mean, this is a, this is a difficult point. I mean, this is what, you know, Heidegger started talking about this when he talked about subject object permanence, for example. And he said, the problem is whenever we see a tree, we see our utility in the tree. And so we can never really see the tree because we can never remove the subject from that object. Like what that tree could do for us. It's yeah. shade. It's this, it's that or the other. Right. And yeah, th that's the, those are, this is a marriage that cannot be. Yeah. You know, the whole universe is all these things gravitationally pulling on each other. Mm -hmm. Like everything's exerting gravity, gravity on everything else. Some of it's so infinitesimal that you wouldn't notice it, but like everything is interacting with everything. And so in some sense to try to pull anything out of that equation and say, what is this thing like all by itself? You go like, there's nothing, nothing is all by itself. Mm -hmm. Everything is the sum total of everything else that's acting on it. And so on some level, a lobster gets picked up, put on a plane, flown to California, sold to you. And you know, like you go like, wow, there's a lot of crazy stuff acting on that lobster. I guess we didn't get to see what that lobster was really like. And you go like, yeah, mm -hmm. there is no lobster that's what a lobster's really like. Yeah. That's... As soon as you look at it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, but I think on the, freaking on, me out. on the on the same level, um, yeah, I think you can point to the same thought patterns that you know at the root of racism, and you say, like, let's say that you had a, an experience that led you to believe that you know every minority was violent and uneducated, um, and um, you know, uh, economically 
in horrible shape. And then you find yourself in college or you find yourself at McDonald's and you're talking with somebody that's none of those things, or you find somebody that's all of those things. And I think that there's, there is something of our experience that if you say that, well, a hundred percent of the time I see a lobster, it's in a tank and it has its claws banded, then that's what a lobster is. If a hundred percent of the time you see a lot of things and you define it by that, you're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble. And I think this is one of the reasons that we push for experience and enlightenment and hearing, reading novels, hearing other people's stories. This is, I think, one of the things why David Foster Wallace went to the gourmet magazine and said, you're all, you're, you're all foodies and chefs. And what a lobster is, is a weight, the weight of it, the, you know, how long it's been in the tank, how you prepare it. It's, it's a food item. Um, and it's a food item because you need it to be, because no one can go through that every time they're considering boiling a lobster. And I think that we have this responsibility and perhaps it's an, um, well, I mean, I think that's what I do with homeless people. I mean, like at some point, like I can't consider every homeless person. Mm-hmm. And so like I make a generalization about like this is what I do when I'm passing homeless people on the street. This is how I respond to that. And this is this is the way I salve my conscience. I go like, well, I work, you know, I do this other work with, you know, poor people that really makes a difference. And so that's – and I just go like this person is not my responsibility. This person is not my responsibility. And like half the time, I, you know, I don't make eye contact and all this stuff. Like I don't – and you go like, well, you should look at each one and know their story and you know and then decide whether or not this is a person because one of them might be somebody that if you talk to them you go like oh you're a relative or oh mm-hmm. you're you share my interests and i have a space for you in my home and you could be re- rehabilitated and you're like yeah I, I don't have the time to consider every person that i pass on the street right so i i just categorize them mm-hmm. and yet if we didn't categorize you look at a chair and like you you put it in a category like I, I I heard this really interesting thing on that show Invisibilia about the importance of categories and the guy was saying like it's the most basic thing that we do as human beings that allows us to get through the day is to mm-hmm. go like that looks like a bomb because it looks like other bombs I'm going to treat it like a bomb and if we didn't categorize if we had to like analyze each thing for its essence we would never get through a day right and yet you stopped and you saw what happens if you really do that. And now you have a now you have the back seat of your car that smells like seawater and pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, is there any lasting impact of the lobster in your life? Like do you smell it in the car or like, you know, is there is there is there anything that you go like that's what the lobster left me? No, I mean, other than I've got a uh, you know, bizarre story i've got a bizarre story and i've got a cooler in my uh closet that i probably won't use because it's a cheap styrofoam cooler it's a cheap styrofoam cooler yeah this is the difference between you and me like after an experience like that i would have thrown that cooler away is that your midwestern thing like don't waste a cooler (laughs) yeah yeah i can't waste a lobster i can't waste a cooler man i would have gotten rid of that because i would have been like i need this experience to be done yeah i don't want to think about it anymore yeah i really appreciate your thinking about it with me i mean I, the you the first time you told me that story was i think the tuesday after it happened yeah that's right and you know and at that point you know i was just sort of like i was like i you're dry you know you drove to dana point you did all this stuff you know the more i look back at it though i go like once you got yourself into this thing mm-hmm. it just played itself out once you decide like i have a lobster and i can't eat it and I can't waste it. I mean, in some sense, your destiny was sealed. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things I remember when we, when I, we were first talking about this, that you had mentioned that I thought is, is worth bringing up again is the difference between what if, what if I'd had some buddies over that night and we had talked about the difference between, um, you know, kind of the Wilson effect on uh, castaway, you know, if it's, if it's you and your best friend in a volleyball, then who cares about the volleyball? But if it's you in a volleyball, you care about the volleyball, or at least in that case, that was it for him. Yeah. And so I think that there is something about this, um, you know, even kind of like, okay, I can't resolve this myself, but if I could call some friends over to have a lobster dinner with me, 
that lobster suddenly becomes a lobster again. But because it was already too late in the evening and it's Friday night and people already had, you know, plans in motion, there yeah. was, there were no options yeah. for it's absolutely a situation where no two people mm -hmm. get where you were yeah. emotionally, you know, but you know, it also reminds me, my dad was here a few days ago and he and I, were, there was an old preacher friend of ours that died, a guy named Fred Craddock hmm. and Fred Craddock was like, he was the best storyteller I ever heard. And, um, it's funny, you know, because like, even, you know, it's funny how much of my Christian life and the, the illustrations, the stuff, it all still like so much of it still, I can, I can adapt. It still works for me. Mm -hmm. And when this one story he told us when he was a pastor, there was this old geezer in his church who was a mean, negative, foul mouthed person. He wasn't really a member of Fred's church. He was just somebody who was connected to Fred's church through a, a, a mutual relative or something. So anyway, the guy's dying um, of cancer and, and, and his relative says Fred would you go visit him at home so Fred goes to his house and the guy's like oh he's, you know he, he, he just says come in and Fred he's sitting there in his underwear looking disgusting the place is filthy he goes what the hell do you want here and you know and Fred talks to him and the guy says get the hell out of here you'll come here once you'll never come back hmm. and Fred said yeah I will and the guy said fuck you and he walks away Fred goes back the next day and the guy's abusive to him. And Fred said, I went and I took, like I visited the guy. I cleaned up his kitchen. I did all this stuff for him. And he never once was nice to me. He treated me like crap every time. He said, then one day I walked in and he was laying there in the chair and he had died. And Fred said, I sat down on the couch and I sobbed, and I sobbed, and I sobbed. And I'm thinking to myself, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden he said, I looked up at the body and I said, Joe, you really tricked me. You tricked me. You let me take care of you. And that made me love you. Hmm. And I think like the lobster, the more you take care of it, the more you watch out for it, the more you you're running to the beach and getting it water, what it ends up that like your care for the lobster and its fate is not so much about the intrinsic warmth, kindness, sense of humor of the lobster. It has none of those things mm -hmm. because you cared for it. You cared about it. And that's a weird thing. I mean, there's something kind of cool about that because what it means is, is that on some level, you kind of are capable of loving almost anyone or anything if you just take care of it. Yeah. I don't know if you feel that way. Well, I think I think you know one of the one of the things I've experienced is that having different people in your life pull different things out of you. You know, for me I've had the chance to be a forensic scientist, to be a designer, to be a technologist, um, to be an executive. And yeah. In the different types, in those different types of worlds, one world, you know, which better represents this brand, pink or orange? Pink or orange? This is a dilemma. Um, the other ones, you know, what 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 tool made this mark? Was this scissors or was it a screwdriver? Um, the other, you know, how do I maximize productivity in the workspace and blah blah blah? The types of questions in the worlds that you step into, you know, what I found really profoundly brought different things out of me. One of my favorite stories. Um, uh, was a C.S. Lewis story when he was talking about being in the, um, I think the Inklings was the writing group that yeah, he was yeah. in with Tolkien and uh, a, a Wagner and a couple other um, writers. Mm -hmm. And he tells us, he has a, a story in one of his journals where he's talking about um, that, that um, let's, I might not have the name right, let's call him Wagner, was leaving the group. And Lewis was secretly excited about this and felt guilty about it because it meant he got more time with Lewis or with uh, Tolkien. Tolkien. And he wanted more time with Tolkien. So fast forward to three months and said journal and Wagner leaves. And he kind of re he makes the entry that, you know, I was wrong about this because I don't have more of Tolkien now that there's Wagner's gone, but I have less of him because there's something that Wagner drew, drew out of Tolkien that I no longer have access to. I can never see. And I think the thing about going to a, um, boxing gym when you don't belong there and on one day seeing the world as a as a giant canvas of choosing between orange and pinks and the next is a bunch of violent bodies that are 
you know, blood and water and um, bone is that those things draw different stuff out of you, out of you. And for whatever reason, um, even though you can't functionally live a life considering every homeless man or woman and every crustacean that you come across, I think that there's a lot of good that might come from stopping occasionally and kind of checking yourself and asking the question, what is a lobster? And it may ruin your weekend, but it might make a lot of your subsequent weekends richer. Wow. That's a good place to end this story. Thanks so much for sharing it with me. Yeah, you're welcome. And, and thanks to you. If you hung in there with us long enough, you either <laughs> love lobsters, love stories, or love me. And any of those is fine. Uh, we'll see you next time. The lights might do a little dance tonight. One time for the nighttime. One time for my town.